we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. What will happen in the state of Mississippi? Today has been an eventful day. We have been uh, appearing before the uh, legislature uh, in a hearing led by Dr. Peter McCullough, along with Dr. with another 20 uh, providers and, uh, sci- and scientists who made a presentation about the lies and deceptions of COVID over the last three years in our country and in our state in particular, because what we did was uh, there is a Dr. John Witcher who is running for uh, governor against the incumbent who is a career politician uh, in the incumbent state of the state address last week. He did not even mention COVID. Uh, This is the biggest disaster in our country's history, yet he ignored the whole thing because he is a careerist, he's a statist, he's a rhino, he doesn't care about the truth. And so with that, uh, I think it's important that we understand what we're up against. I think it's uh, clearly a uh, the incumbents, the people that have done this to us the last three years, have um, have harmed and killed countless thousands, millions, whatever, it's, uh, there's no excuse for it. But it was an eventful day. We were in there for four hours. There was uh, Dr. Peter McCullough uh, initiated the discussion. Dr. Um, Jim Thorpe talked about our recent paper that hopefully is to be published uh, at the end of this week in a major journal. And it uh, reviews the evidence that shows the damage done by the vaccines to the reproductive health of women, as well as to their uh, gynecologic menstrual cycles uh, is appalling. Uh, But it was uh, just one of many, uh, many presenters and presentations given where the people uh, can, where you cannot deny the evidence is right before us. But of course they try and silence us but it is all for naught because more and more people are coming on board to the truth. Uh, we are blessed that only 16% of uh, Americans have gotten the new bivalent vaccine that came out five plus months ago or whatever, maybe six months ago by now. And uh, people are clearly not getting it. And I think it's important or interesting that uh, the vaccine uh, that uh, the San Francisco Chronicle today had an interesting article. Uh, what are we going to do when people, since people are refusing the vaccine, get the booster, and they're being required to go to uh, to work? <laughs> it's a novel idea, but uh, it was interesting that they. Some of the I'm going to read a couple of the paragraphs. But their position is that uh, the vaccine's the only hope for humanity. Um, and, of course, they were in their article supporting 
companies forcing, compelling, mandating, unethically requiring their employees to get the vaccine. But uh, here is something that really made no sense at all. I ran it across Dr. McCullen. He agreed it's fraudulent. But here's what they said. Uh, bivalent, bivalent boosters are far more effective at protecting people from infection and hospitalization due to COVID than previous vaccines. Whoa! They're admitting, they're admitting that previous vaccines were not effective. In January, a study published in the New England Journal of Medicine found the bivalent vaccine to be 59% effective against hospitalization compared to 25% for the monovalent vaccine in people 12 and older. So 59 to 25%. Interesting, okay? Um, the study also found that, that the bivalent booster's effectiveness against infection was 63, 62% compared to 25% for the monovalent vaccine. Now, all of a sudden, the 25%, the monovalent vac vaccine is only 25%. Yet they're still, it's still on the shelves. They're still giving it to people. Remember when, uh, at the beginning of all this, they swore to us, uh, the government said that it must be 60% effective in young people and 70% effective in old people. Yet, of course, they are not sticking next to them, not sticking to their initial requirements. Um, but also the article said, the study also found the bivalent booster's effectiveness against infection was 62% compared to 25% for the monovalent. Moreover, and, in a, and this is just classic games they play. Moreover, an, an NIH study found bivalent boosters were 37% more effective at protecting people from severe COVID. So 37% more effective at, from getting severe COVID. What's the difference between 25% and 62%? 37%. I mean, they're just, it's just the, the, Lies, deceptions, shell games they continue to play. But without a boosted workforce, the fallout, here's what kind of the, one of the kicker sentences or yeah, sentences in the article. But without a boosted workforce, the fallout for any company that suffers an outbreak could range from an unanticipated amount of sick leave to increased employee fear of returning to work to, to the office coupled with an all but guaranteed public relations nightmare. So remember, every business in San Francisco and in the world needs to be first and foremost concerned about a public relations nightmare, not producing a product or a service that is required or needed by others. It's just another example of their stupid insanity and uh, the dangers that they have wrought have been epic. Historic. Uh, so we uh, there were about twenty of us there. Uh, about uh, seven or eight people gave their testimony as to their vaccine injuries, which were tear jerking and just awful that we would do this to our own uh, citizens. Uh, and it was horrible how all of them were rejected by the medical establishment. None of them were believed. None of them were, were, and as a result of it, uh, most of them were injured further because the doctors refused to do their due diligence and learn about the spike protein 
uh, just really amazing. Uh, uh, very moving. Uh, I think Dr. Witcher, John Witcher, who is running for governor against uh, the incumbent uh, this year, I think he uh, will have this on him, this video. He had his team, his campaign staff recording this. So I think somehow or another, another it'll be on the some website, maybe his campaign uh, website. But so another presenter uh, at the conference was fascinating, a retired lady, retired physician who detailed her struggles to get uh, the people in uh, Mississippi, the administration and the uh, state health officer uh, to do their due diligence regarding the science. Her name is Dr. Carol Hill, and she detailed how she went about um, seeking information. And at one point, they said it will cost you thousands of dollars to get those documents. Of course, they should have been provided by the secretary, uh, by the uh, state health officer. But uh, at one point, it turned out that they were, in order to give them the information, give her the information, the person that was going to be able to retrieve this, I was informed the employee pay rate was $97.34 per hour, meaning that the employee during the task was being paid over $200,000 a year. I mean, it was just an exa- one example after another of their lies and deceptions in Mississippi. And this has been going on throughout the country, much less uh, in one of the poorest states that's had one of the uh, had some of the hardest hit areas of its state by the uh, by the vaccine and the um, virus, the injuries from it. Um, there were local doc- there were a few local or state doctors in the state. One of them was true was an amazing man. He is an internist up in the Delta, I think near Greenville, who uh, testified. It was a very powerful testimony that he. Uh, has treated over 10,000 people with ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, no deaths. Uh, I think he said he had one hospitalization. But uh, he was the only one in the area. He was a lone man standing, willing to stand between injury and possible death of his patients or the patients in the area. And uh, treatment and hope, uh, very, very powerful testimony. Let's see, uh, Ben Marble was there. He is a guy out of uh, the Panhandle of Florida who is an an emergency room doctor who uh, left his job because of the harassment by the hospital that he was in, and he founded My Free Doctor. And he personally has treated over 100,000 people for COVID with no deaths. And, uh, no, there was one death, but the one death that did occur was in a patient that did not take his treatments. Uh, very powerful statement. Uh, but his organization, MyFreeDoctor.com, with over 200 doctors that have come on board with him, have treated hundreds and hundreds of thousands of patients uh, with uh, far less infectious fatality than the, uh, than the average. 
The Average, once again, by Dr. John Ioannidis of Stanford and his team. This was a paper that came out about six weeks ago. The preprint, I think, came out, you know, out in October. But the data showed for those over the age of 65, there is a 0.09% infectious fatality rate under the age of 65. Not children, but under the age of 65, it had a has a 0.003 infectious fatality rate. And that leads to an article that I found from the archives of of uh that stuck away in the corner somewhere and I found it recently and it's a February the 20th 20, February 28 2020 article in the Wall Street Journal and it is a fascinating editorial it was written from Italy and the title of the article February 28 2020 and they're getting kicked hard by it the title of the article is The Church Goes Into Quarantine, which the concept of that is nuts. It's a bad idea. But uh, this is what it said. I'll just read a few sentences from it. It starts with, when the coronavirus arrived in Italy, it also arrived in the heart of global Catholicism. Yet throughout the country, the church's response has been underwhelming and the clergy are failing the faithful amid this crisis. This was an interesting statement by one of the leaders of the church in Milan, and Milan was getting really hammered by it at the time. We have to follow, the quote was, we have to follow the rules provided by the governing authorities of the Lombardy region since we're first and foremost Italian citizens. I don't know what Bible he's reading, but I don't think most Christian, true Christians would agree with that. We're not first and foremost Americans or Italians or anything else. First and foremost uh, sons and daughters of Christ. Um, then another part of the article says, compare the Pope's response to how Cardinal Borromeo of Milan handled the Black Plague when it struck his archdiocese in 1630. Quote, be prepared to abandon this mortal life. Go towards the plague with love like a prize, as if towards another life, if a soul can be saved for Jesus Christ. He invited priests to continue to provide all the sacraments, even at great risk. Many clergymen answered the call, remaining in their churches and celebrating the Holy Mass amid one of the most terrifying plagues in history. Many died as martyrs, serving the believers who found solace in the church. And so... We're dealing, this is talking about the plague of 1630 in Italy. And the plague of that time, of that era, uh, is believed had a, an infectious fatality rate of 16 to 35%. That is a real pandemic. So the article goes on, the coronavirus is less harmful than the Black Plague. So you got something less than 0.1% versus something 16 to 35%. So yeah, that's an understatement. The coronavirus is less harmful than the Black Plague, which shows with even more clarity how much the church's leadership role has changed. Once a firm source of strength against all adversity, now churches across Italy have suspended all religious activities. 
From the Pope to local parish priests, the church today is a far cry from Cardinal Borromeo's during the Black Plague. But its absence isn't being compensated by a strong spiritual presence, which Italians desperately need. The clergy may eventually develop a stronger spiritual response to this outbreak, but the fortitude of the 17th century church, described by Manzano, no longer exists. That is the horrible reality of not just the Catholic Church, but the Christian Church at large. They have abandoned their post, and there is no other way to describe it. It is absolutely catastrophic. AmericaOutloud.com. If you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought, working hard to earn your trust for seven incredible years and counting. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order, risk-free. Love it or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Hello, I'm Ben Marble, MD, and I founded MyFreeDoctor.com as a donation-supported, faith-based nonprofit with a mission to save lives by delivering free doctor visits to patients in all 50 states of America. MyFreeDoctor.com treats a broad range of health concerns like COVID-19, long COVID, sinus infections, urinary tract infections, rashes, medication refills, and more. So please visit MyFreeDoctor.com where we're healing America one person at a time. Welcome back to um, America Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley. Dr. Jordan Vaughn is extremely busy. Uh, the past week or two, we've got some exciting news coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, but uh, I am uh, continuing uh, to tell you about the 
events today, and of course we're going to follow it up tomorrow with at the Mississippi State uh, House, where we'll be discussing things. He's going to uh, gubernatorial gubernatorial candidate uh, Dr. John uh, Witcher of um, he lives outside of Jackson is uh, he's lived in uh, the state for seven generations, interestingly, but um, his family, both sides. But anyways, he is uh, running for governor, and he'll be holding a press conference at noon tomorrow that we will all be attending in support of. Uh, But today we went to the State House, and a couple of the legislators hosted a hearing that lasted uh, almost four hours. And uh, (coughs) I don't think we could have done a better job than we did, and I think it was comparable to what has been done in the U.S. Uh, legislature with uh, Senator Ron Johnson. Did you, did you get that impression, Dr. Calderwood? Yeah, I thought it was very impressive. I thought there were very good testimonies um, given, and some of them very information that I wasn't even aware of. Yeah, right. Very good. I thought so. Um, so what we'd like to do is uh, just read you our presentations. There were about five minutes each, and uh, then go over some of the other presenters, and uh, as well as the testimony that was really troubling, like I mentioned before. But um, so uh, Dr. David Calderwood is—he's uh, one of the David. You and I met uh, a year. I guess it was October of twenty. When Uni Smith got a four or five of us together on a telecon call for from around the state of Alabama, you're up in Huntsville. I'm in Montgomery. Uh, where does um, Michael Brown? Where does he practice? He's in Huntsville. Huntsville, yeah. And then David Williams, and it ended up uh, maybe less than a year later that we met up with Jordan Vaughn, and uh, we continue to grow. We've actually, I don't know if you've talked to any other doctors that are here. Uh, in Jackson, uh, but uh, picked up a couple other names for some doctors that want to join concerned doctors, but uh, that'll be good. But um, yeah, uh, so David um, uh, David is a uh, family medicine ER trained doc up in Huntsville who recently retired, uh, and he was in on the uh, ground floor of attacking the narrative that has injured and killed so many of Americans and other people from around the world. But uh, it's an honor to work with him. And uh, what was your uh, what was your task today in the presentation? Well, I was asked to to just talk about my experience, basically, um, as well as some information that I knew. Uh, as um, I like. Many others, when this pandemic started, didn't know exactly what to do. And I was invited to go to the first White Coat Summit put on by the frontline, um, America's Frontline Doctors with Dr. Simone Gold and others. And I went to learn about hydroxychloroquine and how to treat this pandemic. I wasn't satisfied with telling my patients. Uh, just go home, and when you get too short of breath, go to the hospital and get hospitalized. That, that's no way to treat. Treating early is always better than treating late. So I went and learned that hydroxychloroquine was very successful, um, but it was 
that fake studies um, and studies where there was intentionally made to look bad encouraged people not to use it. Um, so at that point, I came back and uh, Uni Smith did get me started and on these uh, on a weekly telephone call and we gradually increased more doctors and more doctors and um, and somehow uh, Stuart and I kind of became in charge of it <laughs> and uh, in any event but my presentation was I told them basically I'm I'm an emergency a semi-retired family physician from Huntsville um, I I boarded in both family medicine and ER and did ER for 20 years and family medicine for 17. I've been treating SARS-CoV-2 from the beginning of the pandemic. I've treated over 500 patients with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, other me medications and nutraceuticals as a, a bundle, multiple things so that the efficacy was better. And I have, uh, praise be to the Lord, I've only lost one patient. And he came too late to be helped. Um, from the beginning, it has been difficult to treat patients because all the chain pharmacies refused to fill prescriptions for a, first hydroxychloroquine and then ivermectin. Only a few compounding pharmacies and independent pharmacies and an occasional brave pharmacist was willing to uh, fill prescriptions. Another difficulty that I had is that I received a letter from the Alabama Board of Medical Examiners uh, with two complaints against me for spreading misinformation about the COVID vaccine. Uh, this stemmed from a program that we put on in Birmingham in September 2021. At that program, I spoke about informed consent for COVID vaccine. Informed consent is crucial. And I outlined the risks and benefits as they were found in the scientific literature of the time. I gave correct information, not misinformation. Those from the government agencies and the um, pharmaceuticals were the ones giving the misinformation. In any event, um, I had to hire an attorney. And fortunately, I, he was successful in helping defend my license. Many doctors, however, are afraid to speak up and afraid to use ivermectin and other medications for fear of their license. Um, it is my opinion that these COVID vaccines. Uh, are neither safe nor sufficiently effective to warrant their use. The COVID-19 vaccines all utilize the spike protein, which produces an antibody response, but it is a potent um, pathogen, meaning it damages the bodies in multiple ways, including the following. I'll go through this quickly. Um, it alters the innate immune system. It causes inflammation and damage to the lining of the blood vessels. It increases blood clotting, which in increases the risk of uh, strokes and heart attacks. It <clears throat> induces amyloid plaque formation, which could accelerate the development of Alzheimer's. It can cause life-threatening bleeding. It can cause inflammation of the heart, damage to the nerves and brain, and liver, kidneys, and lungs. It can reactivate dormant infections such as shingles, hepatitis, and herpes. It has been associated with uh, the induction of autoimmune diseases such as rheumatoid arthritis and Graves' disease interferes with tumor suppression and type 1 interferon, which limits the body's ability to ward off cancer. This is only a partial list. There has been over a thousand peer-reviewed pa um, uh, papers and peer-reviewed journals on the adverse effects of these COVID vaccines. Uh, 
And it is incontestable that these vaccines are the most unsafe and ineffective vaccines that have ever been brought to market. Almost three times as many deaths have occurred, deaths and permanent disabilities have occurred because of these vaccines, or at least have been, let me state that again, Um, three times as many deaths and permanent disabilities have been reported from these vaccines, the VAERS reporting system, than all other vaccines in history. That's the metric that we have, is the VAERS report. And if you use that metric, this is three times more deaths and permanent disabilities than all other vaccines in history combined. We, they, we have never had a vaccine also that has lost its efficacy within a few short weeks or months um, and had to be reboosted. This, um, so they're highly ineffective. I believe that there is ample evidence that the pharmaceutical companies engaged in fraudulent activity in bringing their product to market and marketing them. For example, pharmaceutical companies made claims that these vaccines were safe all the while knowing that adequate safety studies had never been done. No studies were done to determine if the vaccine altered or damaged human DNA, which we now know they do, to determine if vaccines increased cancer, which we now know they do, to determine if the vaccines caused significant drug interactions, to determine if lipid nanopolycles and their components were safe. None of this was done, among other safety studies. The vaccine manufacturers claim that these vaccines would prevent the spread of infection, all the while knowing, as admitted by a Pfizer executive at a hearing in front of the European Parliament, that the company never tested its COVID vaccines to determine if they would stop the transmission of the infection. Uh, In clinical trials, um, Pfizer unblinded and removed numerous patients from the trial who suffered adverse events so that they would not show up. At least two study participants who received the COVID uh, Pfizer vaccine died, one with a, of a stroke um, three days after the vaccine, and the other died of a cardiac arrest two weeks after the vaccine. These should have been classified as vaccine-related deaths, but were not. Had they been, the emergency use authorization may not have been granted. A very important but ignorant ignored study that was published in Frontiers in Virology in February of 2022 um, showed that researchers used the BLAST system to evaluate the SARS-CoV virus. That allowed them to look at all the sequences, gene sequences that have been posted in the world. And they found a perfect match for SARS-CoV-2. And it was the gene sequence in Moderna. Um, and that had been uh, patented in February of 2016. Figure that. 2016, Moderna patents the exact gene sequence of COVID, SARS-CoV-2. The only reasonable, the only, this, the probability of this is less than one in a billion. The only rational explanation for this is that Moderna was involved in the creation of SARS-CoV-2. I believe that there's ample evidence that, that um, to convene a grand jury in Mississippi and in Alabama and the rest of the country that fraud, for the fraud and criminal activity of these vaccine makers, which has damaged untold millions. Um, 
that's basically my presentation. Well, you did a fantastic job, and you received a standing ovation for it. And uh, so um, what I would like to do now is, uh, and by the way, you mentioned the neurological damages. Uh, Dr. Stephanie Seneff, S-E-N-E-F-F, of um, MIT, is this brilliant lady who her career has been devoted in a way to uh, protein uh, folding of, of molecules. and in a way, part of it's been dealing with uh, what we call mad cow disease or chronic wasting in deer, or uh, there's one for sheep, but also uh, Crocsfeld-Jacob disease, uh, CJD. And what that is, it's a, it's a prion disease, which is an infectious, of the 50 most deadly infectious agents on the planet, number one, there are four things that are 100%. Mad cow, rabies, and two other ones I've never heard of. But prion disease, these, this spike protein in the brain promotes the misfolding of uh, other, uh, within cells of other proteins, and that triggers further and further prion disease. Uh, it was a staggering, uh, I remember reading it in detail, and uh, it's very, very unfortunate, and it really uh, hits home because last weekend I found out that uh, a guy I knew growing up uh, was diagnosed with uh, end-stage uh, CJD, and uh, we wish he and his family the best and praying for them, of course. But uh, that's very, very important. Uh, what I would like to do now is uh, read my presentation that I gave today before the uh, uh, before the uh, legislature here in it's on the record, right? Uh, it's uh, the here in Mississippi, in Jackson, Mississippi, at their beautiful state house. Anyways, uh, capital. So uh, I was tasked with talking about the federal overreach. They gave me, I think, uh, they didn't give me enough time, but uh, school closures, business closures, and mandates. And uh, I'm going to read that for you when we get back from the break. But um, I was looking over the list of people just for a second uh, to give us enough time to make it to the break so that we won't cut my presentation in the middle. Uh, I thought Dr. Ben Marble did a good job. Uh, Dr. Christina Park, she was she was amazing. Yeah, I thought that uh, her presentation, she added some stuff. She's been up in D.C. at uh, Senator Johnson's hearing a couple of times, but she added some things I thought today that were interesting. Um, Dr. Carol Hill, uh, I read earlier some of the things that she went through and trying to get the freedom of information uh, that they have continued to uh, hide. Um, I did read some of hers earlier. Uh, Wesley Granger, I spoke about his and the dangers of the shots and the treatment in the black community that was targeted, um, and especially the black uh, community being targeted for these horrible shots. He went into that a little bit. Uh, I talked about Dr. Robert Corcoran, C-O-R-K-E-R-N, and he was treating, treating uh, he treated over 10,000 people. And, uh, he oh he I remember he published 
He, remember that? Do you remember what he, the details of what he published? He, he published he published his treatment protocol, which allowed him to treat over ten thousand patients. At the time he published it, I think he uh, treated about two thousand with no deaths and no hospitalization or no ICU admission, no deaths, no ICU admission using multi-drug therapy like we have been talking about. And so he published published it in their um, Mississippi journal. Medical Journal. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, of course, the head of their um, health department here said, oh, that's a throwaway journal anyway. Um, if doctors would have done his protocol here in Mississippi, some 16,000 people could have been prevented from dying. Um, yeah, very. he was very impressive, a very humble and, and just uh, excellent man who, who did what we all should have done and tried to do is find out a, a way to treat this and then treat it. Well, thank you for that. And uh, I will be right back uh, after this with um, the final segment of today and this week. And uh, uh, once again, this is Dr. Stuart Tankersley uh, in, with the absence of Dr. Jordan Vaughn today, unfortunately, but uh, he'll be back next week, hopefully. Um, uh, man, he is very, very busy doing some heroic work uh, up in Birmingham. But uh, And I thank Dr. Uh, David Calderwood, um, who has been on the board, who is on the board of Concerned Doctors with me and Dr. Vaughn. And uh, we'll talk, uh, we'll be back in the, for the next segment in just a minute. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Yes, uh, welcome back to America Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley here in Jackson, Mississippi. We were uh, presenting uh, before the legislature today. Dr. Uh, Peter uh, McCullough was the moderator, along with about 20 other people giving, I guess there were about a dozen providers and, and scientists, and then we had eight or 10 uh, vaccine-injured testimony, testimonies that were really powerful. But uh, my presentation, I was given the easy task of addressing uh, federal, the federal overreach, school closures, business closures, and vaccine mandates. And so I'm just going to read you my presentation. Uh, 
Let me get my pages in order here just for a second. Um, so I started with, uh, throughout the Old and New Testament, Jesus says, peace be unto you. And given the past three years being this huge catastrophe, I believe the biggest catastrophe in our country's history, we all need his peace like never before as we enter into the fourth year of this disaster. Um, um, as many of you already know, I'm a family medicine physician in Montgomery in a private small clinic. I've treated several hundred patients by following the science and by the grace of Jesus, no deaths with only four or five hospitalizations in total. Um, a year and a half ago, I retired as a colonel in the Army National Guard. As a soldier, I was deployed three times. Unfortunately, my life, like those who were in the meeting with me today, has been like a nonstop three-year deployment because I was sworn to uphold the Constitution against enemies both, both foreign and domestic, underlined domestic. Uh, in October of 2020, I was appointed by the governor uh, the state to be on the state's vaccine working group. And what I saw from the beginning was troubling, to say the least. Uh, it was a disaster. Our government had no business being involved in this pandemic response. Thank goodness this was not a huge, severe threat, especially with treatments available. Less than one year ago, I was a witness in a federal hearing in Tampa where I had the opportunity to explain the scientific evidence regarding the horrific injuries and deaths in the DOD, Department of Defense, in particular. And, of course, I wish that I had time after to talk extensively about the testimony, which many of you have heard throughout the last year on our podcast. Um, and so I had, uh, in addressing the four issues, I'll start with the federal overreach. And what I, what I said today was the HS, HHS, FDA, CDC, along with many other federal agencies, have illegally harmed countless Mississippians the past three years because the executive, legislative, and judicial leaders of this state and all the others have allowed it. What Mississippi needs is repentance, and politically that looks like removal of almost all the state's elected officials who have allowed the Department of Public Health, Doctors Association, and Hospital Associations to injure and kill countless Mississippi citizens, most of whom probably have no idea that their actions were the cause. The federal overreach was intentional, and your elected leaders, as well as your hospital and hospitals and doctors, allowed it without hesitation. They have failed you. Dr. John Witcher and a few others have had the humility and a sense of duty to follow the science, despite the illegal, illegal coercion and bribes of the medical industrial complex. School closures is the second topic. If there's ever been evidence that teachers' unions care not about the children, the past three years has proven their top priorities, and children's development clearly ain't one of them. How much money did the Mississippi Education Establishment receive to harm your children's de development? No foreign adversary could have done worse to them than what they did, than what our own people our own governments have done to them. 
Already, proof has shown significant drops in the children's development as their test scores have continued over the last three years to reveal the evidence. The what we should have expected, and it's just obvious. So my encouragement to the true teachers is like that to physicians who have an obligation to apply science to their treatments. Please put aside the fears of uncertainty and live a life of integrity and fight against your Mississippi Education Association and their promotional their promotion of harmful actions against the children. Um, in uh, on the third topic, which is business closures, I uh, alluded to the, the the man who spoke prior to me, Doctor uh, Wes uh, Granger, and he talked uh, extensively about the Lord's design of all this. It's really amazing. It was a great testimony, but. Uh, So I started uh, with something he had alluded to, which was God made man in his own image. And that means in this pandemic, there are no such thing as non-essential workers. What a a page out of the communist playbook, essential and non-essential workers. We're all essential workers in this, especially in this low threat of an environment. Most importantly, the one entity in our communities that has abandoned its duties is the churches who were bribed to close their doors. The Bible is clear. Jesus is the truth. He has never and never will be associated with a lie, yet the churches have behaved like businesses. Uh, The fourth topic I had was on mandates, uh, which uh, I thought was. uh, a real easy one because of, uh, anyway, so what I said was in December of 2020, the Southern Baptist Convention, Dr. Uh, Lamb, I forget the guys, he was the ethical director for the Southern Baptist Convention. I don't think he's there now, finally, but um, up in Louisville, Kentucky. And he, uh, like many other denominations, they believed the lies and stated that They wouldn't, but they did say at the beginning, in December of 2020, that they would not support mandates. Yet when the mandates came, they remained silent. They did not hold up the integrity they did not uh, have, obviously, to hold up uh, against the fight, the coercion, the illegal actions of our government. And I referred to the fact that when uh, when I was invited to appear before the Board of Medical Examiners in Alabama, um, along with uh, with three others, including you, David, you were there. Um, I only took one article, and I gave it my. I personally handed that one article, and this was in uh, June of twenty one. So it was before before the mandates were uh, being considered strongly. It was after the vaccine had been rolled out, but it was before the mandates had been considered strongly. And the only article I gave them was a two and a half page one from the New England Journal of Medicine that had been finalized in October, I believe it was October the 7th of 2020 before the rollout of the vaccines. And that article, in that article, if you will recall, David, I bet uh, there were six criteria that must be met. This is New England Journal of Medicine saying before you consider 
mandating the vaccines. Here are the six criteria that must be met, and overarching all of them was the most very important concept and um, and practice of informed consent. And I thought that Dr. Moon in the presentation today, she showed the package insert. She brought one of the package inserts from the uh, vaccines and unfolded it, and it is completely empty. It's like a three-foot by two-foot page of thin paper that she pulls out that's in every one of the products that we use, uh, drugs or anything that we use, and she unfolded it, and it was blank. And so there is no informed consent for these. And so I asked the uh, legislators that were there, I said, looked down personally and said, did you receive informed consent? And of course they didn't, because nobody has. Uh, but that's the kind of thing we need to uh, continuously question and pressure these people with, because they have the obligation to to follow the laws that have been created for our safety. And uh, of course, the Alabama uh, Hospital Association uh, and the Alabama uh, Medical Association refuses to uh, refuse to stand up to that to the uh, mandates, and uh, they promoted them. Actually, it was very hard for Doctor for Senator Orr to get. Uh, the uh, religious exemptions passed through the objections of the hospital association and in particular UAB. Very, very sinister. And and then I finalized uh, my concluding statement was that given the infectious fatality rate is 0.09% for those greater than 65 and 0.003% for those younger, I want to encourage preachers, physicians, and elected officials to stop whistling past the graveyard that will continue to grow larger until they repent and we stop the shots. So that was how it, uh, that was my presentation. Uh, and, and and Stuart got a standing ovation as well. Uh, and yeah. along that point, as far as the, it amazes me, good medicine is dependent on informed consent. It's one of the foundations of good medicine. Um, and yet, the hospital associations that should have been standing for good medicine and the hospitals and Department of Public Health all were for no informed consent. Um, well, they still are for, for no informed consent. Yeah. Uh, I thought Dr. Christina Parks made a brilliant point about that, uh, about these shots. They are not, they are by definition, even though they've tr changed the definition to making them fall into the vaccine category they do not they still do not they are biological active agents that that impact that directly impact the genetic potential of our own bodies and when dr matt uh, i mean when uh matt staver of liberty council spoke uh she asked him she said is there a way that uh they can be approached that uh this these are um Medical procedures. Yeah, medical procedures. As such, they are medical procedures. And uh, I hope that, good Lord willing, there will be legal action that will uh, hold these people culpable for what they have done to people because they have not been giving vaccines. They've been uh, injecting them with medical procedures. So I thought that was interesting. Um, what, uh, what else were you uh, in the testimonies today were you, did you find interesting? Well, I wish I could um, reiterate what 
Christina Parks did. She was just absolutely brilliant. She's a molecular biologist and understands how these, uh, how RNA and mRNA and all of these things interact um, and how they knew these things couldn't work and how they were a horrible idea to start with. She, she was, yeah, from over decades. Uh, yeah. Decades ago, we knew the science that uh, she itemized. She went through the science that we have known for decades and knew why these things would not work as they promised. Yet they continued down this path of destruction. And she, like a couple of others, uh, reiterated the very important point that why in the world would you, if there are 29 proteins that comprise this virus, why in the world would you choose the only one that is a known toxin to the human body to use on the platform that they have done? It makes zero sense. The technology and application of it for this type of uh, uh, treatment is awful. It doesn't make any sense. It was doomed to fail, and they knew it. I also like uh, James Thorpe, and maybe you can, you know, he he spouted a few statistics from the study that you were a co-author on, how there was 57 times increase of uh, spontaneous miscarriages. Yeah, that's right. What, what are the other numbers? Yeah, the uh, this was uh, he was on Tucker Carlson. Uh, tonight, last Thursday uh, night, and uh, he did a fantastic job. But uh, he, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, 1,200 fold, which is 120,000% increase in menstrual abnormalities and 38 fold, 3,800% increase in fetal demise, which is different. Miscarriages is below 30 we- 20 weeks, and uh, fetal demise and stillbirths is after. Uh, 20 weeks. And so uh, this was um, uh, 38 fold in uh, after 20 weeks, the death of the child. And then he, uh, I'd never even heard before we did this paper of children having heart attacks in the womb. It was astronomical. Wow. It was, well, there were 15 other metrics we looked at besides those three I mentioned, but uh, those are, it's just amazing. The damage done to these babies um, and the mothers, uh, it's just, this is clearly an intentional act, a bioweapon. There's no other way. And they won't debate it, of course. We would be glad to, but they won't because they can't defend the obvious. I was also impressed with Dr. Rini Moon, who's a pediatrician, uh, who talked about the the absolute lack of need for this vaccine in children. Children, uh, children's chance of dying this if they're otherwise fairly normally healthy is basically zero, statistically zero. One uh, large study in Germany showed only three in a million children died from this and no children under the age of five. You know, children don't die from this. And yet all of these known um, complications um, uh, it should never have been given to children um, and to young adults. And the fact that it was and is now approved for children under the age of five is, to me, speaks volumes for the compromise and the corruption of our government agencies that are that are making this legal. 
There, and there's no reason to give this to children. It can only hurt them. It cannot help. Them. I was listening to something last week that less than more than half of the countries in Europe uh, do not allow it in children now. And uh, the UK a couple of weeks ago banned it in people under 50. They followed Denmark and uh, Finland has uh, Finland for. Many, many, many months has outlawed the Moderna shot to those under 30. But uh, I think uh, most of the countries in Europe are way ahead of uh, the corrupt FDA and CDC in our country and are moving away from these shots. Uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm very anxious to hear what happens in Thailand uh, a few weeks ago when the king uh, directed the government to go after Pfizer and uh, tear up the contracts they have so that they can start holding these people criminally uh, liable for what they've done. But with that, uh, we thank you for your time this week, as always, and uh, please join us again next week on America Out Loud Pulse. I'm Dr. Stuart Tankersley with Dr. David Calderwood again uh, this week. And David, thank you for uh, committing to the effort over here with uh, Dr. John Witcher. Hopefully he will prevail in his gubernatorial candidacy and uh, we will see great changes in our neighboring state that'd be that'd be great i wish we had time to talk about the vaccine injured because they breathe some marvelous thank you folks